You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. We are into the first trading day of September, so it's time to look back and see if we can learn from what happened in August and try and predict what's going to happen in September and indeed October. These three months, are, to me, are the most interesting of the year. And the only man to go to when looking back is Liston Mainchies, independent financial and economic analyst. Liston, the month-end table of changes, in brackets, not returns, you kindly sent me over the weekend. How was August? It sort of bounced back at the end, but it was a pretty choppy and dodgy month. Well, I would say so. And uh, again, it was a lot worse, and you're quite correct, but, you know, but for the last three or four days. As you know, a lot of it depends on which tweet at which hour uh, our friend Donald Trump has chosen to make. And there is an amazing amount of hype around anything that he may say about, we're going to meet to talk with the Chinese. They said the trade war is over. I go, not at all. Not, not even close. Um, this, this injury will take a lot of uh, 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 time to resolve itself. They can sit and talk, yes, but credibility and trustworthiness have gone out of the window. So, you know, I can sit at the meeting with you and I can eyeball you and say, that's all very well. But we all know what the sticking points are, and they will carry on being sticking points. So I don't think we should spend an awful lot of time on that. And, uh, you know, I just also think that it's it's it's. In, in, I'm getting off the track of how, how the markets are reacting. That's all right. I'm used to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think the audience is too. <laughs> but the story, I would, I would like to put in a plug for a fellow by the name of Ed Yardini, uh, and Ed is available on blog.yardini.com, and Yardini is Y-A-R-D-E-N-I. Now, believe it or not, I've been watching Ed since the early 1980s. Uh, so he is somebody that I still go to because I genuinely believe, A, he does the work, and B, whenever he says something, he backs it up with, you know, with sound reasoning and logic. Uh, he's also written a, a new book, which is called Predicting the Markets. Now, there's an awful lot of people out there who say that is impossible. As you and I know, and particularly um, from my point of view, I say knowing a number is, is probably uh, out of the question. Getting a direction right is an important aspect. And following a trend is also very important. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the market is efficient. Uh, therefore, you know, you really are, are, are putting in a lot of effort uh, to do something that is not worth it. I tend to disagree, and obviously Ed does too. But he also has a wonderful turn of phrase, you know, related to just the news of the day. Yes. He, and it, he, obviously, he has a subscription service, but he also has, you know, a, a, a public uh, a document which he publishes uh, not necessarily once a week, not necessarily twice a week, uh, but often uh, once or twice a week. Uh, the latest one is dated the 28th of August. So, again, that was last Wednesday. And I just, you know, <laughs> the way he puts it, I just put it out there. He says, President Donald Trump seems to be playing simultaneous games of chicken with Fed Chair Jerome Powell and Chinese President Xi Jinping. And he goes on and he says, games of chicken are often reckless and dangerous with dire consequences. The S&P 500 tumbled 2.6% on Friday. 
And so he goes on. But he says, you know, on on our uh, uh, meeting on uh, the 11th of July was entitled Powell Gets Trumped. I wrote President Donald Trump wants the Fed to lower interest rates. Fed Chair Jerome Powell claims that the Fed is independent and won't bow to political pressure. Yet Trump has figured out the perfect way to force the Fed to lower interest rates. So I think, you know, he certainly sees what I call the passing show. Yes. And, and, And he watches it, you know, as a passing show. And if you follow him with some degree of regularity, you will you will get some uh, some good uh, insights, particularly as an American watching America. Yes. And as I said, you know, we're talking something like a forty-year track record of doing that. The punt for Ed Yardini is fantastic, and and people I'm sure will go and follow him. But what I'm more interested in at the moment, we'll get to him later on when the, we have a look at the international index's performances over August. But let's have a look at the JSE now. I'm looking at some numbers here, and although it, as you say, it did it did bounce back. What were the highlights and lowlights for you for the indices, the overall, the gold, financials, industrials, resources, listed property, etc., dollar rand, dollar pound, dollar euro? What stood out for you well, during the month of August? I say the one that stood out for me, and uh, it's just a progression. It's also the you know the uh, the passing show. But there had had been so much uh, hype around property and how it had got so cheap, you know, it couldn't get any cheaper. And look at the yields you're getting uh, for a fairly riskless asset and so on. Now, you get my charts as well. And unfortunately, it's the most horrible looking chart. There's only one worse than that, and that is what we call the small cap index. Mm -hmm. But the listed property for the month was down another 3.6, capital only uh, here. But the point is it has been dismal for most people. Now, I know that a lot of people, not directly because many of our listeners have most of their money in what I would call managed investment product. Now, that might be a retirement annuity. It might be an endowment. It might be a unit trust or or a a, a fund of funds of unit trusts. But the point is uh, they've been reliant on property for income. They've held it. They've stayed with it. And yet again, and it it wasn't that much down in the month, only 3.6%. But it is at a new low for the year and for the last couple of years. So, you know, that's rather a, a, a sad indictment. The second one of those is the, the small cap index. Now, I always say our small cap index is probably a um, better description of what is happening in the local economy than any of the other indices, except potentially the financials, which are really locally based, but be that as it may. So what you're saying is that the, uh, the small caps are the ones that are plying their trade within the boundaries of South Africa mainly, and that tells you exactly what's going on at the coalface, if you see what I mean. Absolutely, in the main. And I'm saying, you know, it has been dismal, which is, again, just part of the passing show. And I'm, I have been saying the situation out there is dire. D-I-R-E. And I've said that, I think, on your show for three years. Yes, you have. Or more. And, uh, you know, I cannot see the turn. And everybody says, oh, but it's so cheap it must turn. And I'm saying, well, no, I've actually seen property uh, rentals being negotiated down. I travel through Santon and Rosebank, and I see beautiful, stunning 
absolutely gorgeous architecture of brand new buildings going up <laughs> alongside signs and getting bigger now saying to let. offices to let mm. offices to let everywhere so uh, he really property is a very difficult situation but go back to the small caps and you get it in virtually every uh, litany that 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 the uh, uh, CEOs are uh, putting out there and saying tough times, difficult in trading environment. Challenging. We managed to do X or Y or Z in a tr difficult environment. In one or two cases, and power to them, you know, certain managements have come through with improved earnings. And, of course, if you go down a, 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 you know, a revenue statement to operating and then you look at the interest and, and uh, 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 depreciation side, the bits and pieces can come through there, which actually mean that a 3.5% revenue rise might lead to a 7.5% uh, earnings per share rise. Then again, I've seen two or three relatively small companies, admittedly as well, uh, coming through with double-digit earnings. And I look at this and I say, how are they doing that? And this is true, particularly in August as well, so that's why I'm putting it into this show. Um, I go and I look and I say, oh, well, the revenue was up double digits, but actually the earnings per share were up only uh, uh, around about 5%. What could be the difference? And the difference was that they used money to go and buy another company. And, of course, they then had to consolidate the revenue of that other company. Hence, they at the company level, revenue went up, but they bought that revenue. And the earnings went up, but they bought those earnings. But actually, uh, since they have now got – and and they did it with with share – or they bought with shares, uh, at the per share level, uh, it didn't work half as well. Um, and, and people just need to be very careful when they hear that, the, you know, a company's earnings and revenue have improved. It's the per share chaps. <laughs> That's the one that counts. Okay, the one that is absolutely a standout, and you and I have discussed it a couple of times, yes. and this is the one that you see. I mean, you can go down the month-to-date column, and it's just red everywhere, including overseas. Except for except gold. for gold. Okay, let me read the numbers out now, because I, I, like to, I like to say these numbers, because I've been calling it for a while now. A broken clock is right twice, <laughs> twice a day or something. But anyway, here we go. Month-to-date. 29% up for the JSE Gold Index quarter to date, 31.9%. Year to date, 93.9%. Isn't, isn't a gold bull market just quite exciting, fleeting as it may be, Liston? Well, the key to that, and I think we all know it, is that golds are cyclical. And if you look on the table, you'll actually see that if you look at over three years ago, gold is only up 10%. That's 3% a year. Now, that is not something of which good, good headlines are made. Uh, what it really says is it had a ghastly fall down first, and then from that oversold and totally everything, it improved. Now, the question you have is why did it improve? And uh, twofold, the well, one is it definitely got cheap. The second thing is that uh, the Rand gold price started hitting new all-time highs as the gold price improved and the Rand weakened. So you need to watch, and you need to watch carefully for a turn. And again, you know, it doesn't matter where where you look. And I go back to uh, um, the the uh, uh, small cap 
guy, and I'm just trying to think of his name, uh, 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 Peter Lynch in America. Right. And he was famous for his small cap fund, which outperformed brilliantly. And he later admitted, if you had a look at where his major money was made, it was because he bought Chrysler when it was very cheap. Now, Chrysler was never a small cap stock. <laughs> it got cheap, yes. But he, he was able to buy much bigger because of the size of the company and because of the lower uh, uh, ability to move or the better ability to move in liquidity. So it was the same story there, uh, you know, that you had to buy Chrysler at the right time. And the same thing here. If you just bought and held gold for three years, you have made very little. So uh, to me, a punt for active management. Now we go back to the uh, ETF story where people are buying ETFs. Why? Because they're going up and the rest of the market isn't. And say, well, not really. The reason they're going up is that by default and simply because of the nature of their creation, many ETFs have a lot more gold, and I'll come to this now, platinum in them than uh, any uh, fund manager is likely to have put in. So if you look at resources and you look at resources over three years ago, it's 40% up. Now, who knew it was the right time to buy resources back in 2016? And I'm saying, well, many thought it might be, but they just didn't have the courage. The exactly. words that we use for it's too risky and look how far it's come down. And oh, my goodness me, they could be going bust. And oh, my word, we've got, you know, labor relations problems. You could hear the most awful litany at the bottom, uh, and, and, and you really had to follow something, which, again, I don't think requires the, the, you know, the biggest set of skills of a fund manager, and that is to say, go with the trend. And when the trend has turned, and it is clear that there are sound fundamental reasons for the turn, you might not be the first to get in, but you definitely don't want to be the last. So you give the, so you give the first 10% to those lucky people and don't worry about it because when it does turn, when it is as, as cyclical in nature as PGMs and gold shares are, then you're going to reap the benefits, 93.9% for gold. Incidentally, have you got the data for the platinum group metals, the platinum sector of the JSE, just briefly, just to give us an idea, because this one turned, well, certainly Anglo-American platinum turned ages ago, but it was October last year that Impala started to turn, and look at that thing now. That's a that's well, a the, five the, bagger, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the biggest story, and 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 you have to hang on to this because what we hear is the platinum price. If I go to ask, and I'll ask lay people, what is the price of rhodium? Hmm. They would say I have no clue. And why would anybody want to know? And the answer is. Uh, uh, rhodium is now $5,000 an ounce. Now, I've seen the palladium, at, at least the rhodium price, do this kind of thing many times before. Uh, but if you talk not platinums, but the platinum group metals basket. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm not party to that exact calculation, but I am party to my own uh, platinum group metals uh, uh, calculation. And essentially, my platinum group metals calculation is 55% platinum, 35% palladium, and 10% uh, rhodium. And if you do that calculation, exactly what you're saying now, 
is that turned dramatically round about the time you should have been looking. I don't think it was too difficult for anybody who has some knowledge of platinum uh, to have been looking at the a proxy or the real platinum basket price rather than the platinum price. Exactly. Because platinum, as you know, it was $1,800 an ounce a while back. It fell all the way, I think, down into the low 700s. Now it's 900 odd. Uh, if you look at palladium, it was down at 750 not that long back, and it's now at something like 1500 And if you look at rhodium, it was back down, uh, you know, at the, at, at the low uh, uh, 700s, might even have been 600, and is now 5,000. The key Putting to the platinum attention. group metals, as we're going to move on, because we've only got a couple of minutes left, the key to the platinum yeah. group metal investment scenario and your strategy well, is have a look at which stocks have – they derive their revenue. Oh, no, actually look at their volumes and say, well, uh, Sibania so gets this amount of platinum out and, and this amount of rhodium, this amount of palladium, and then start to understand when the switch takes place between platinum and palladium. That is the key. And if you can be bothered to do that, then I think you can reap rich rewards in the longer term. Well, again, I think just, just watching it, I mean, one of the easiest ways to see what's going on is to actually draw the map and, and, and have a look at it. And I, I promise you, to the best of my knowledge, there is very little literature on this, and you get daily reports from about 15 or 20 economists and people telling you what's happening, and a lot of attention is on the latest Trump tweet and yet there's something as simple as a chart of the Platinum Group Metals basket price. And I promise you, I don't get that ever, ever. Okay, well, that's a gap in your portfolio that needs to be filled, Liston Menchies. Uh, we have to very briefly talk about the Dow Jones, S&P, uh, NASDAQ, uh, because and we'll talk about the, the Hang Seng in a subsequent interview. But uh, Dow Jones, S&P and NASDAQ, they had a fairly bad time at various points of August, but they've recovered nicely. Uh, Dow Jones only down 1.7%, S&P down one8 and NASDAQ down 26 coming off a much higher base. But it's been a fascinating month. And as we are speaking on Labor Day, which is a US holiday, people coming back to their desks, that's the theory anyway. I wonder what the harvest, what the harvest that will be reaped in September, October will be. It's, um, it's a notoriously volatile time. Well, absolutely. Uh, and, and we've discussed this, you and I, many times over the years. Uh, there definitely is a calendar effect. And I call part of it what I call the ghost of October, because there have been some tumultuous uh, falls in October, one or two in, uh, or in September. Uh, but the but the key point is there's very little new news comes out at times like that, and all sorts of other questions get asked, most notably in uh, uh, Congress. I think we still have to see the outcome, and we're starting to see more of it, of the trade wars. Uh, there certainly is a lot more uh, emphasis, uh, you know, being put on uh, the challenges to uh, the Donald Trump and where he says, it's the company's problems. It's not any of my tweets mm. that is causing the problem. And I say, gosh, <laughs> it may not be the tweets, but I, 
I cannot believe that he can say that the trade wars, A, are not of his making, and B, the results of that are not affecting everybody. And I expect that to get worse. So definitely I am not a fan of being long of markets internationally at a time like this. And in particular, if you look at the charts, and again, you've seen mine and you've seen what I've seen, there may be short-term bounces and excitement because they're sitting down again, all of that, but I I really wouldn't go into any great detail with any of them at this stage saying you just don't know what the next move is going to be, whether it's Donald Trump or the Brexit, which is scheduled for for the end of October, again, with a hiatus period with Parliament prorogued. My goodness me. I mean, I, this script is actually farcically funny if it isn't, if it weren't so tragic. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's like Hurricane Dorian, which has been building and building and building, and it's about to hit the coast. It's exactly the same situation when it comes to Donald Trump, China, and Brexit. Brexit is going to end in tears, a flood of tears. I can predict that because... Boris Johnson, I'm sorry, he's out of his depth. He may be a clever fellow, he may be academic, he may be well-educated, he may have had a privileged upbringing, but I don't think he knows what he's doing. I think he's, in a way, as corny to say, a British Donald Trump, but in a very, very different way. Listen, you're a man without portfolio at the moment. You're a consultant to many different entities. How do people get hold of you if they want to avail themselves of your services? To avail of my services, it's dead easy. It's Liston at Liston.co.za. But I now have a Twitter where I'm putting all sorts of what I regard as interesting to me items, and that is Twitter hash Liston at Liston.coza. So I've kept the same mnemonic. I've just put a hash in front of it. That's clever. And people will find me there. I put – and again, I, I know that you, you are, are following me there – so uh, I think, A, that's a recommendation, but B, mm-hmm. there are some very interesting people and some of them you've introduced me to. I've put up something from Lee Adler there just, just the other day. I've put up something there from Ed Yardini oh, uh, related to, to uh, what we were talking about earlier. And I've indeed put on something which I picked up of a conference in Australia, uh, which happened to be organized by somebody that I've worked with before called Graham Rich. So again, I think it's a very eclectic mix. And, and anybody who's interested, you know, you just maybe only need to read the headlines and see a bit. But what's really good about a number of them is that they are in the form of TV and and, and radio podcasts. So, uh, again, I really, really think if anybody wants to get hold of me and just see what might be happening, it would not be a bad idea to go to the Twitter. Liston, thank you very much for your time. That's Liston Mainches. And uh, incidentally, accompanying this podcast will be Liston's Table of Changes, month in Table of Changes, and also his weekly charts. That's Liston Mainches. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. To receive Liston's charts and other exclusive content, go to strictlybusinesspodcast.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage and subscribe.